0: All right, welcome inside the Permission Granted Podcast, number 110. Thanks for being with us, everybody. As always, get us on iTunes by simply searching Permission Granted. You can subscribe to the podcast for free there. Also, it's available on the normal DA Show podcast feed, and we always post it on our social media channels as well. Now, this is kind of a biggie because today is the release of of the first ever episode of Nomad, my YouTube video series that includes Miraz. So Moraz joins me now. Miraz, last week we took in the Italian feast, the San De- the San Gennaro Italian feast, 90th year that it's been there in Little Italy. Yes. So I chopped it up, put it together. We ate a whole bunch of good Italian foods, and uh, posted it today. Some early
1: Oscar buzz growing. Yeah, you know what? I wasn't sure if I wanted to take on this role, but I, it was a perfect spot for me to make my web series debut. On Why the internet. were you nervous to take on the role? Well, you know, I, I've become a big pop culture phenomenon, and I had to find That's the right, right spot. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna do internet web series, it has to be the right spot. Yeah. But I figured I'd go with Nomad. It looks like it's picking up steam, and Good. I think it's paid off. Yeah. yeah, this this episode seems to be really garnering a lot of buzz. Mm-hmm. Really well done, a ton of food. It was almost like you could smell it coming out of the screen. Mm. So when I was putting it together
0: today, I'd gone through most of the footage over the last week, and then today is when I sat down and kind of pieced it together. I got to tell you, I started getting a real hankering for everything we didn't eat. Now, the calamar was awesome, <laughs> Uh, The Soprasat was great. Um, Everything that we had, you had the cannoli on there, the meatball. I guess the meatball was average. Average, but that's fine. But it gave us credibility. Yes, exactly. We didn't just salivate over everything. But then I started seeing the Sazits and Peps. Then I'm starting to see in the Brajol, the pork Uh. roll. Then I'm seeing the Zeppelis. The pizza. The pizza looked amazing. I, got, I started getting hungry for other stuff we didn't try.
1: I agree. I think if you walk away from that episode, uh, and again, some of you may not have seen it, but if you do walk away from that episode, I think you get a hankering for sausage and peppers, number one. How do yeah, you not? Yeah. Because there's so much shots of sausage in there. Yeah. You know, more so than most pornos would have, if you will. A lot of sausage. A lot eats of in there. sausage. And the pizza. You had the nice, slow roll of pizza in there. So many good moments, but, yeah, the food just popped on the screen. I think that's a part of it that might win some awards here. Yeah, some cinematography awards. The the food
0: popped. It popped right off the TV. The Revenant won something for, like, (laughs) most epic (laughs) camera work or, you know, there is an award in the Oscars where it's, like,
1: what the shots are, like the beauty of the shots. The beauty of the shots. And there's a lot of, like, inside the beauty of the shots. Like, if you notice a lot of the people working – are not exactly like Italian grandmothers and grandfathers, no, no. and I think that's very ironic too. Like this one guy in a Brooklyn Nets hat giving you the thumbs up <laughs> and stuff like that. A lot of that stuff I found very funny. A little behind the food scenes, if you will. The
0: guy that was giving the Brooklyn Nets uh, thumbs up is
1: scooping some type of
0: fried dumplings out of this giant vat of oil, but I don't know what those are.
1: I believe because I remember when he shot it. They look like softballs. Okay. When I was watching you film that, because I kind of paid attention to the tent, I believe, and this is probably 95% accurate, that they were fried double-stuffed Oreos. I think they were bigger than that. you see how big those things were? But I saw him dipping. It looked like they were throwing double-stuffed Oreos in that batter. Batter. Huh. So I don't know. Maybe it was just a lot of puffed-up dough that, you know, if you def- right mm. get to in the middle. I got to go back to the raw footage and really <laughs> investigate <laughs> Because on the one hand, that shot, I think,
0: is, to me, it was the most memorable shot. And that's why I used it in the open and then also in slow motion with the Italian uh, classical opera music under it. Okay. Because there is something very kind of compelling and visceral about seeing hot oil and something being scooped out of the hot oil. Yeah. Yeah. At the same time, it kind of makes you feel a little sick to your stomach because that's just all hot oil. And you can almost feel that sitting in your chin yeah. after you eat it. Yeah. That's a good point. So there is something that I really love that shot because I think it told the story really well in just a, a quick three seconds or five seconds. But I don't know what they were what they
1: were frying. I'll tell you, another thing you hit on, and we've talked about Anthony Bourdain and we've talked about man versus food. And Nomad kind of has a taste of all of that in the show. It's its its own entity, though. It tries to be different. But it has its DNA rooted in an Anthony Bourdain. I would argue, and you may not even be a fan of the show, you may not even watch the show, but you actually nailed almost, uh, it almost seemed like you were mocking us, what I would argue is the most popular food show out there right now in Bar Rescue. I haven't seen Bar Rescue. Okay. Bar Rescue, you know, this guy John Taffer goes around. He saves failing bars and restaurants, right. kind of like Kitchen Nightmares, but to a different kind of degree. Okay. And you learn a lot about the business and all that. Okay. But at the beginning of each episode of Bar Rescue, he sends in his quote-unquote operatives, he calls them. You know, two people he happens to know, friends. Uh-huh. And they go basically test out the menu and do all this. And there's that shot of them walking in. Yeah. And it slows down the shot, and it pops up their name in front of them. And you literally did that. <laughs> With me and Brad Heller with the slow mo walking into the feast. Yeah. And you drop our names in the graphics there, and that's what it reminded me of. It was like the exact scene from Bar Rescue. Yeah. But you could see, like, us hiding our laughter, that it was almost like a mocking of Bar Rescue in that. Yeah, I'm glad you caught that. That was my favorite shot to produce.
0: Okay. Now, you'll remember when we filmed it, I was Your like, favorite okay. Favorite shot to produce. You know, I get really into this. And so um, when we were there at, in Little Italy, I was like, okay, I need either one of you guys on both sides of the uh, the row. Right. Come together, time it, then walk towards me. I was preparing for all of these shots, and you guys were like, oh, are we serious here? You know, <laughs> you're shaking your head. And I'm like, no, I think this shot's going to be good. And we're laughing through the whole thing, obviously, because it's not supposed to be serious. And then when I got the footage, I go, all right, we nailed it and then when i could slow it down it looked even funnier and then when i put the graphics it looked even funnier and then the music was hysterical i forget what i used but it's like this
1: this stinger music that's only like 9 seconds long and it's it, like, really, da, it really it really yeah. has a punch to it. it it's funny that whole scene is just funny with the with the walking and everything like that and i think what's interesting about that if we're allowed to go behind the scenes on the shooting of nomad if you sure, will, that's what this is <laughs> that is uh, one of these. this the, is the director's cut of <laughs> the, on the dvd cut. What you got here with Nomad and uh, me being a part of Nomad, and I was very honored to be a part of this episode as a fan of the show, Sure, yeah. is, that, <laughs> is that I felt like we were really shooting a movie because oftentimes you hear uh, when people film movies, especially in New York City and Los Angeles, like, they they film scenes on certain days, but the scenes not, aren't... It's not like they film a movie in chronological order. They go back and put it all together. Yeah. That walk-in scene, if we're going to peel back the curtain here, we took that after we had completed eating everything for the day. Yes. So you're seeing that like we're walking in on a mission, which we were to eat everything, when in reality, in real time, we had already done our eating.
0: Yeah, well, that's the thing. When when you're in the middle of Nomad, you know, you want to <laughs> <you wanna, laughs> jump into the action, and then I've got to reprocess, okay, what shots do we need? What you'll also see there is both the intro and the outro. Again, this is director's cut the DVD. Right. Both the intro and the outro
1: are filmed after all of the eating has happened. I knew that, and I when I first was watching the intro, I it didn't pick up on me again. Like, this just shows you. I'm not at the cutting room floor. I might have been in the episode, but I didn't. <laughs> I had to think, oh, when did he do this? Was Where was I? Was this when I was getting the meatball? And then it dawned on me, oh, no, he did this after we left. Yeah. And then I started looking out for stuff. Like, all right, the, now that I've... Because again, big fan of the show, Sure, been yeah, watching thanks. every episode, I followed every episode, and now that I was a part of filming an episode, it was really interesting to see how it's all put together and really see how the yeah. magic works. So yeah. as a fan and now and now get to have a guest appearance, I really got to say I'm I'm, I'm I'm amused and I love it. Well, I will say that I think you're perfectly cut out
0: for this. We do this on the show naturally. Right. We like to break down food as though it's a sporting event. We always love the sports metaphors. You, obviously, being the dictator and loving food, you have this great way of describing what you're eating and what you're tasting, what could be better or what could be worse and all of that stuff. So it fit perfectly because that episode is really just an extension of what we normally do, except that we have the food in our face. It's giving you a visual fresh. instead of on the radio. And, Absolutely. And oftentimes
1: when we're describing food on the radio, we're not actually eating it. That's true. That's it's true. Like, we're thinking about this. Yeah. And And what I like here, too, is we didn't have to do like three takes, you know? Yeah. It was like we sat there and, and, and bit into that so six times to try to get the right ticks. Like, you were seeing our mm-hmm. first reactions. I like that you didn't edit that out. I, I like that. You know, maybe one of my only strengths, too, is, <laughs> to, is describing food.
0: <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. Um, I'm glad that it's getting some early uh, Oscar buzz. Uh, you told me that John Kincaid posted on his Facebook
1: page. Yeah, John Kincaid. See, you had tagged me in it on various social medias, but by the time I'd even seen that tag on my own phone... I was already tagged by John Kincaid in it. Wow. Uh, So I went and shared it. Next thing I know, there were other people in the business sharing it. You know, these guys are (laughs) often clowns, but this is really well done. Other people in the business. Uh, Yeah, it was... was Pretty fascinating. I'm looking around at people who normally would mock me and kind of have fun with me on this. Yeah, actually, like giving it serious, like it was filmed like The Dark Knight. Like they were giving it serious <laughs> consideration to the people that they know. You really should check this out. I can't believe how well done this is. Really good to taste uh, so much so that I wouldn't be shocked when the feast of San Janeiro rolls around next year if we're invited. You know, maybe with Tony Danza to host a meatball contest.
0: Well, there is a uh, there is one flaw in our plan here. Is that we mocked Johnny Cha Cha the meatball guy. <laughs> Who was like the You could big, have edited it out. I know, but it's a great scene. It's true. It's it's really funny because he does look like a meatball, and we're all looking up at the sign, talking, joking about it, he looks like a meatball. Right. You bring up that that's the place where you bought the meatball, and I say it's bland. Oh, good point. So I I was putting it together, and I go, boy, should we leave this out because it's making fun of the place? And if you, um, if you, you see
1: the, the you know what, what place it is because it's on the the actual sign. You know what. But how many of those places in Little Italy do we rave about? So true. if we're invited back to one of them, who cares if the one place doesn't like us? That's true. And quite frankly, who cares if that one place doesn't invite us back because we didn't like their food anyway? The one place though that we mocked hosts the meatball championship, <laughs> the meatball <laughs> so eating we'll contest. So we'll be a part of the cannoli eating contest. That's we love those. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, you know what? It just this is hitting me again. You're getting live time here. Have you thought about as Nomad Catches team here? What are we four mm-hmm. episodes in? Yeah. And, you know, maybe when you get to a 10th episode of Nomad, mm-hmm. you know, one half a season, a full season's mm-hmm. in the books, if you right, will. Right, right. Almost like uh, Seinfeld would do back then. maybe a clips episode <laughs> where maybe it's, or maybe it's like cutout footage, you know?
0: The stuff that didn't make stuff the show. Stuff that didn't
1: make the show, but like a combination from different shows. I think the fans of Nomad might enjoy that. You no, know, because- that's a good idea. Yeah, I think the you stuff could get, you didn't see. The stuff you didn't see. I'm sure you could get nine minutes, you know, worth of stuff from The Grove we didn't see, stuff from Little Italy. That's true. St- you know, stuff from the boardwalk of Coney Island. I think yeah. you probably have that. I probably do. That's not a bad idea at all. Yeah, that's actually a good idea. I think the no- Speaking as a Nomad fan, I am sure. taking myself as star of one of the episodes out here. Yeah, yeah, Speaking yeah, as a fan, yeah. I think that's something the fans would like to see. That actually is a good
0: idea. I'm excited about your family's response to this. Oh yeah, I could be real interested to because see. Because I know that they've they go to the Italian feasts and festival. Of all the course. Time. They know it. Of course. Um and this will be yeah, it's I think it'll be interesting to to hear what they think about it. Your sisters, your mom, your dad. I should get a good feel of that this weekend Danielle. watching football.
1: Yeah. Danielle will probably because I went home stupidly and I told her I'd only had a cannoli and the soapersat. <laughs> so now now that she sees I was feasting on calamar and a meatball, I'm sure I'll hear that. But... <laughs> Yeah, can't hide everything that's on cameras. No,
0: no, I'm I'm interested to, though to to hear the uh, the feedback.
1: Yeah, I, I'm sure they're thrilled their son's going to be a TV star now. Yeah, too. yeah. So I think that works for everybody.
0: Yeah, it's uh, it's a big deal. I <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, it's it's
0: now really uh, a sin because as. Um, as the week goes on i usually chop them up now i'm in the habit of just uh, just editing on tuesday which is you know a pretty long day of editing it's production day it's production day but then during the week i think about like what i want how i want to frame it like how i want to edit it piece it's really it consuming you here huh well it's uh, it's a passion of mine i love Uh, I love cinematography and video editing and visuals and everything like that. And I like putting together a TV show that doesn't have any rules. Right. I don't have to abide by a television network going like, you have to put this in and drop this and let's have this and not having control over.
1: Now, is the plan literally every Tuesday from here to Kingdom Come, are you going to do like seasons, you know, like drop 20 episodes, take a little time off, have people wanting more and then go, okay, season two is here. It's a great question. I don't know. I just kind of wanted to start it and see where it went and
0: see what fit and see what felt right. But there's two schools of thought on this. On the one hand, to your point, if you only do like 20 summit episodes, take two months off during the summer or something and come back with them, leaves people wanting more. And then you could also build up really good content that you're filming. You don't have to pound one out. You're not rushing it out. Yes. On the other hand, you know, there's these kind of like viral stars on YouTube that put one out sometimes every day. But
1: definitely once a week, and never take a summer off. So you got to keep up with the YouTube game. Yeah, so you I know, don't if this know. was on NBC or CBS, a little different. Yeah, it's got to keep up with the YouTube rules. Yeah, it's not the traditional television now schedule. Is the hope maybe Netflix picks us up one day and we go with that? We start like that. probably with Crackle. Crackle, okay. <laughs> you take a Crackle. You take a Crackle. I think Dan Patrick had that sports <laughs> Jeopardy show on Crackle. That's right. You
0: got to take a Crackle there. So
1: maybe Crackle makes it.
0: You know, who knows. I think it's got some potential and uh we got to work out some of the kinks, but that's what this is for. It's kind of like a playground right now, digital playground. And we'll figure out what works, but um for now I'm just going to we're going to say minimum 20 episodes we got to get out in a week uh, in 20 weeks. Okay. Once a week. And then once we hit 20 episodes, which will take us right past the new year probably. Uh no, it'll probably take us right to football season because 20 weeks will be that's like officially football season. 16 regular season games, four postseason. So right through Super Bowl, and then we'll we'll reevaluate.
1: Well, now I, I wonder, though, I'm going to have to have my agent talk to you. Any mm. thought into uh, letting me take the GoPro to Cleveland and shooting a Rogue Nomad episode where you're not a part of it, but I'm at the dog pound tailgating? You know, I hadn't thought about that, but that is
0: um, an idea because you could shoot the dog pound, bring me back the footage, and I can frame an episode of other things I do that weekend and it could be, like, cut back and forth. That's not a bad idea. Just think about it. Yeah, that's not a bad idea at think all. Think about
1: it. You know, it's going to be a different place. You know what I mean? It's Yeah. I would love to go to Cleveland for a nomad. Yeah. So, yeah, let me know. My, my people talk to you, people. It's Obviously, I'm creating buzz here. Yeah. My stock's rising off of this episode. So, <laughs> yeah. whatever we got to do. PGP side B coming up. What do you have here? Okay, uh, me and Joe D have to talk about why James Ward cannot be a part of the PGP for the next couple weeks as he is now on an attempted murder trial as a member of the jury. The, The night of with James Ward. Yes, plus if you're into sports radio, which if you listen to sports radio, me and Joe have an interesting debate on how busy a day Monday was after everything that happened over the weekend and our line of processing on what the proper lead for a show should have been on Monday.
0: Very good. I like it. Side B PGP right now.
1: All right, welcome into Side B of the Permission Granted podcast. I am Sean Mraz, the executive producer of the DA Show and host of Side B of the PGP, joined by associate producer of the DA Show and uh, my uh, compañero, if you will. Compadre? My compadre, Joe D'Aluizio. Joe, what's up? What's going on, Mraz? How are you? I'm doing okay. Now, Joe, I hope you're ready because you're here today. And, you know, sometimes we like to mix in Ward. We were trying to get into an every-other-week thing. We tried maybe a little threesome, if you will, which that could still happen from time to time. But don't expect a lot of James Ward on the Permission Granted Podcast for the foreseeable future. I think I have some breaking news on the Permission Granted Podcast, and, and I hope you're okay with doing Permission Granted Podcast here for the foreseeable future. Are you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I love joining the PGP. Somehow, some way, James Ward... I can't believe I'm even saying this, has found himself on a jury in the New York City, greater New York City area, for attempted murder case. Yikes. Okay, so a couple things to break down here is we have to talk about Jimmy James Ward. Number one, jury duty, you apparently, as I was just talking to you before we walked in here, have never gotten some kind of letter, some kind of uh, you know fill-out sheet kind of deal, questionnaire. Never, never, okay Should I be worried? No, not at all I, In fact, it further proves the point I'm going to make okay? okay So, we've all been there A lot of you guys have been there probably and, and you look at it one of two ways You either are excited when you get some kind of jury duty slip Because it's like, you know, some people are into that You know, your civil duty or whatever Me personally, if I ever get a questionnaire Or some kind of jury duty notice You know where that notice goes? Right in the (laughs) trash? The garbage. Okay? It goes in the garbage. Yeah, but isn't
2: that illegal? Don't you have have to, like, go? Like, isn't it mandatory to at least, like, fulfill once a year or, like, I don't know what the uh, (laughs) legality or— I
1: don't know the timing of it or the legality of it. It's probably illegal that I'm even talking about on a podcast, but nonetheless. Yeah, can we get James kicked off of the— No, 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 because we're not mentioning specifics. Because we don't know specifics. We don't know specifics, which we're going to get to as well. Okay, uh, for instance, I shave my arms, and this is all going to tie in. Okay, I'm very proud of the way I shave my arms And I keep up If I were to ever grow back my arms What would you say would happen to the hair? They would grow back thicker? Old wives tale, boom, doesn't happen No, because if that was the case Every time you get a haircut Your hair would grow back thicker Well, wouldn't it just grow back faster then? Okay, fine Point being, all you've heard is that it grows back thicker Dark, that doesn't happen, right? My tie-in here is When you throw out a questionnaire Or throw out a jury duty slip Guess what happens?
2: Show me the person who's been arrested for that. They I, don't exist. That's the point. So you're saying it's a big it's a big misconception that they, you right. know, the government essentially has put this out there to just scare us. Scare us because they want
1: you to go. Now, essentially what happens is there's more than enough people who are either A scared or B want to show up for jury duty that show up. So they never try to chase down those who just toss them in the garbage. Who the heck wants to be bothered with being on a jury or anything like this? Anyway, this is all I've done, and it's been for 12 years. I, I've gotten several questionnaires, maybe, allegedly. You may get arrested. No, I won't. And let's hope I maybe I did, maybe I didn't. But let's just say if I did, maybe I threw him out, maybe I didn't. Okay, how about you that? You sound so guilty right now, so you might as well just say you've thrown uh, him out. Point being, I am never been arrested, never been questioned, never any of that. James Ward apparently was doing the same thing. Okay. And he recently got engaged. We documented that in the Permission Reddit podcast. Uh, Beautiful fiance. We love her. He apparently got one of these jury duty notices, had the lid to the garbage open, was depositing it in there when his fiance stopped and asked what he was throwing out. And he told her, and she was so angry with him and said, he has to go because it's a civil duty. Oh, that's a bunch of malarkey. Are you kidding me? That was going right in the trash if that was me. Exactly. Sorry, honey. Exactly. So Ward has no backbone. Listens to his fiance, shows up to court or whatever it was a week, two weeks ago, goes through a whole pool. And now, your next step, your next line of defense, as we all talked about with jury duty, is you got to get up there. And even if you don't believe what you're going to say, you got to say something that's going to get you not selected. Um, and I'm not condemning racism, but, you know, maybe. You basically it, just did, you know. No, no, no. It could be something as, as simple as. If you're arrested, I believe you're guilty because I'm a big, you know, police, you know, whatever. It could be anything. Anything. You could say the littlest thing. They'll say, all right, you're dismissed. You give him the old salute, and you walk out of there, and you go to Jimmy John's for lunch. Okay? And that's what could happen. Ward didn't do that. So, strike one doesn't throw it out. Strike two shows up, doesn't do any of that because he's afraid, and he says there's so many people from him. Plays nice guy Ward, and now he has found himself selected as a member of a jury... For attempted murder. This could go on for a while. This could be a People versus O.J. for all we know. Because he wa- and here's the other problem: he was saying it. he won't
2: give us any details, which he's not allowed to do. Right, which bothers me, okay? That bothers you, but knowing your big mouth, we would be discussing the details on this podcast. Oh, believe me, when it's over, we're discussing the details on this well, podcast. I, are, are you, you allowed interested? to after?
1: I'm interested. I want to know, okay. but I understand why he can't tell us. So he says, no, 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 I can't do it. I can't do it. Now, number one, it's the guy, mind you, who has f- attempted to throw away the paper, who definitely didn't want to be there, and now suddenly he's Mister. I'm going to follow the rules. Like, who cares if they throw you off the case?
2: I think his uh, soon-to-be wife is in his head. This is but, bad. But in his defense, happy wife, happy life. Okay. Is James doing the right thing by not
1: telling I know he's legally doing the right thing by not telling us any details? Or is he a sucker and he should just be, you know, giving letting us in on it. He's like a he's like a real life episode of Law and Order. We want to know
2: what's going on. Legally he is doing the right thing, uh, in terms of uh being a good friend. He he's just a sucker right now. He's a sucker. He's a sucker. I need him. I need details here, especially if it's attempted murder. I want to know. I want to know the weapon.
1: Bingo. I want to know is it a domestic situation. I want to know like whatever's going on. And and here's the other thing: Would you ever want to be on a jury for an attempted murder or murder? What if he's found innocent or something like that?
2: And if I'm ever, if I ever get the chance, which I'm sure I will, if I ever get this questionnaire, right. I want it to be a, a compelling trial. I don't want to, you know. Okay, I, get I trip that. down the stairs and I'm suing this company.
1: <laughs> I get that from an like your sheer entertainment perspective, but you don't want to be involved in a case involving danger. You seem so interested. Why don't you just actually get it done with? Absolutely not. Because I don't want what I'm telling you. I don't want any part of the danger. I don't want anybody looking at me wrong or anything like that. So you who think knows who this attempted murderer has had on the think streets? The
2: convicted or person who's being charged for attempted murder. If he or she gets out. That they will remember you. Oh yeah, you'll be in the back of their head, and either they'll be happy that they got out,
1: and they'll be looking at you like, "Hey, I got you'll take care of favors. I want anything to do with that." Or let's say they're guilty, then the case gets overturned, something you were part of putting them in, or they got people on the outside. I mean, let's be honest, probably not a good person if they're arrested for attempted murder. I, I would a lot agree with, with that. Here. I
2: think uh, you're dissecting
1: this a little bit too much. Okay. I don't think you would have to worry Bottom about this. Can he just tell us what's going on? I agree. If I agree. He, and by the way, if you're not locked in a hotel. Where there's no internet, no TV or anything like that. Like he's allowed to come to work at night after going to court all day. Let's be fair. I'm sure there are other jurors out there telling their friends and family how this is what happened today. Like there's no way if I was on a jury, I'm keeping my mouth shut. I'm coming back to the newsroom. Guys, you wouldn't believe. I mean, he shanked that shot. Could have blown her head off something like that. You know, (laughs) like I give all the details. Well, that's a
2: bad look. So maybe uh, it's a good thing that you haven't gone to one of these.
1: No, I I just think Ward needs to be a real human here. And not try to play by the rules for once. I think he's doing a disservice to all of us. I think he's doing a disservice to this podcast. We should be breaking down the case on the podcast. I mean, it could be like something like the night of. Right! There we go, Joe. We got so locked up in the night of, and maybe that's what I'm I'm missing here. I'm missing that kind of figure it all out. And then here's Ward. I get a gift. One of my good friends gets put on a jury for attempted murder. I got nothing? Nothing. Nothing.
2: Not a not a good scene. I can't stand it. So you're pro-Ward here? I mean, I'm like in between because like you, I want to know the details, but I understand. Okay. But yeah. I would eventually crack. I'll be honest. I'd be like, <laughs> you know what? Enough, Miraz. Like, this is what happened. Now you're saying, and who knows if you're telling the truth, that you've never gotten one of these questionnaires or anything like that. I have never, ever filled that one out, gotten one. Ever. If you get one garbage, are you filling it out? I'm filling it out. I actually have another question. Now, Ward wor- works nights. Yeah. So obviously he could go to court and then come here. So if you work days, let's say, like, the DA show was in the Tiki and Tyranny time slot. Okay. All right, and you work days and you had to go. Right. How does that work with, with your work time? Is there, like— Okay,
1: s- I believe legally work cannot say anything. You don't have to use vacation days or anything like that because you're feeling,
2: like, a governmental duty. But how—like, if it's a murder trial, like, can't you be gone for months?
1: Yeah, and I guess you—I would imagine your job's not going to be happy with you because, again, you could have done, like, what I said and got off the case or anything like that. But legally, they can't fire you or anything because they get sued. So, you just your job's waiting for you when you get back. Hmm. Interesting. What, you want out? No, I don't want out. Now, whether they could put like your pay on hold because you might get paid for like some of the long trials or I something. I just think
2: that's uh, pretty interesting. I, I don't know the details of that. I really don't. Well, really we won't don't. have to worry about it working at uh, 6 p.m. to 10 p.m. Eastern. Right. Well, now to get into the second half of
1: side B here, we've broken down ward already. Two quick things for you Number one We mentioned this a couple weeks ago with Lady Gaga I was in studio And we got snuffed with an email Snuffed Another one of those emails came in today Guess what? I didn't get him. Okay, you didn't get it again We're forbid from the cafeteria From 4.30 to 7.30 p.m. today Who's the snob coming in? Sting Are you kidding me? Sting? Are you kidding me? Sting Who? Sting? Well, we got a bunch of people from the 70s here? Who cares about Sting? I can't, sting. I can't go heat up my meatballs and egg noodles because I got sting in here today. They, they got to stop this. Do it after business hours. Well, technically it is. It's from 4.30 to 7.30. It's just when we're in the house.
2: Well, that's not fair to us. It's People not are fair to walk- us. Working. And that's when we.
1: And that's dinner time. To take away the cafeteria.
2: That's dinner time. I, th- I think we should go in there. You know I what? I brought some shrimp for lunch. I think I need to go in there and warm it up and stink up the place. I think that's the play. So after this, we'll go warm it up for sting.
1: Number two. Uh, As always, we try to peel back the curtain of the, you know, behind the scenes of the DA show and radio when we do the Permission granted podcast, and I felt that Monday of this week, which would have been September 26, 2016, was a fascinating day from a sports radio perspective, sports radio producer perspective and organizing a show, in the fact that you go through many of those summer days where there's not much to talk about and you have to kind of, you know, you dig, you dig, you manufacture a lead, if you will. Well, because of tr- a couple tragic stories and because of a busy weekend overall, Monday was maybe the busiest and I, w- I would feel most controversial day in my history in working in sports radio as far as for a show, finding a lead. So I wanted to bring this to our listeners' attention. So over the weekend, we had the tragic story of Jose Fernandez passing the Bodaks, and this was Sunday morning. Terrible, terrible story. At night, you get golf legend Arnold Palmer, passes away 87, older, and not that it's always expected, but he's old, you know, he's great older. soft drinks. You had not a boring day, great. Half iced tea, half lemonade. What a legend. Legend. Not a boring day. An excellent day of NFL football with a million storylines. I mean, there was Beckham Norm, Norman. There was Carson Wentz. Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing a million interceptions. The Cowboys keep rolling. The peel, Bears thing. Peel
2: back the layers even further. A great, Another great Saturday college I, football. I was just going
1: to get to that. A Saturday in which Les Miles inevitably gets fired. Gets the zig. Okay, so now you have all these stories in a blender. You wake up Monday morning. And I try to put myself in our listeners' shoes, and I try to put myself in the in the shoes of a listener because, in many ways, that's I still am a radio listener. I, I take it all in sports radio. And you could have gone a, a ton of different ways for a lead. What DA settled on leading with in conversations with myself was Carson Wentz and what he did versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. And you know what? I agreed with him. And now, Joe, I'll ask you. Honestly, because you didn't really have much say in what we were leading with,
2: what would you have led with? I personally would have led with Jose Fernandez. okay, I think I would have and I this may sound morbid, and I don't know if I'm saying it properly, but I would have gotten like you know it, it's obviously a topic that would that was discussed the entire day the entire night throughout the show right, but um I would have tried to get the good chunk of it out of the way, and I don't mean it like that, you know, out of the way, but discussed in that first hour, leading up up to that uh, Mets-Marlins game, whereas maybe we usually traditionally don't have a guest in that first hour. Maybe this is a time where you you throw a loophole and you try to get someone maybe for that, the 6.20 Mm. p.m. Eastern or 6.40 p.m. Eastern. And now we had Hall of Famer Mike Haynes in studio. From seven, right, know, and that was something I couldn't reschedule. Exactly, so that that made it very difficult. I would have tried to maybe, you know, lead with Fernandez and try to get someone in that six six twenty, maybe someone in the Marlins organization, formerly of the Mar- Mar- Marlins organization. Okay, and, and have that play.
1: I actually thought of that. Two problems. Tough in that spot because the Marlins are about to play at seven. They're getting everything ready for the ceremony in that first hour to get a guest of any kind. Number two, you have to realize also you're about to play a Monday night football game. And quite frankly, a lot of our affiliates will take, will dump out of our show on a Monday night uh, if they carry the Westwood One broadcast of Monday night football. And when they do that at that point, well, the football fan is locked in listening to the game. They're not listening to the recaps we can get done in the first two hours of the football. Uh it was really a tough call, but I didn't mind it. You get the Fernandez you know, later on as, as the you know you see what's going on with the ceremony, especially because you're at night and everything like that. But I, Fernandez probably would have been my other toss-up, and I definitely thought Wentz was the biggest storyline from the NFL Sunday. Plenty of time to talk about Les Miles. The lead that I ex-Nate and I voted out for was the Arnold Palmer. And I bring this up because Mike Frances is a legend in New York. And Mike Francesa, at its best, at his best, is is great in the worst of times. As far as uh, old time sports legends passing away or big world events, Mike's you know history or anything like this, he's very good with the JFK stuff. He really is very good about that. Now, that's a local show in New York where we live. Okay, and you had the Giants collapse versus the Redskins. You know the Norman Beckham stuff. You had Brian Fitzpatrick throw six interceptions. The Mets are going to be playing the Marlins with the Jose Fernandez. He decided to lead with Arnold Palmer. Okay. And to be frank, and this isn't to be disrespect to Arnold Palmer, I thought that was, eh, I wouldn't have done that. I agree. Because if you're ranking what the nation cares about, Arnold Palmer is is historic, and he's the first man really to build a brand off his name as far as an athlete goes. He's 87 years old. There's a disconnect between the audience we have or or where the, the chunk of sports radio nobody saw Arnold Palmer play
2: who's really listening to sports radio. Exactly. And... In Mike's defense, I could see where he's coming from leading with it because of his age, because right. of you know him being around so many historical events in the past, dealing with great athletes. I could see why, but I would tend to uh, side with you in saying that it really didn't fit if you really look at right. the audience you know what? that he's addressing.
1: And it's not fair to even say to Arnold Palmer, but... You know, it just uh, like that was just rough timing as th- far as the, as far as the talk
2: topic goes because it's coming off of football Sunday. It's coming off this Jose Fernandez thing. And I thought what we did on Monday was was more than enough on Arnold Palmer, yeah. where it was sprinkled in throughout the show. And you know, we we don't we don't talk golf really on our show. So right, to well- force an opinion. I think I, I don't I don't think that's a good look either you know I, what I'm saying I think that's also
1: part of it too with Arnold Palmer is this wasn't uh, an NBA player or an NFL player or somebody or an MLB player passing away and again no disrespect legend <laughs> it's not a disrespect but I also think you're taking a a player that nobody's seen and but we all know his brand and everything like that but on top of that a sport that quite frankly not as many people play as the golf players would like you to believe, it's a very expensive sport to play in this country. It's a very uh, you know clicky sport. Now, Don't get me wrong; they make a ton of money and a of people play it. Uh, I wish I was good at it. Golf's not necessarily a great radio sport as far as uh, discussing. I mean, maybe there's a big Tiger Woods story or something like that. So you add all those things in. I just I felt like Arnold Palmer wasn't the lead. Now I'm not saying it wasn't a big story or anything like that, but I think we get into a world of media where it's you know we think what we know what a big story is, but. If what we're determining to be a big story isn't what people want to hear, and maybe that's about the Arnold Palmer stuff, then is it really a big story? Yeah, that's a good question. You know what I mean? And again, I really am not disrespect because Arnold Palmer is I've been fascinated by by all this stuff that I've watched, but I just think you know, with everything that happened, if I'm a sports radio listener, I am turn on the radio. Jose Fernandez, I am shocked by. I'm not. I don't have that shock feeling with Arnold Palmer. So I'm. I'm. You know, I got to hear more about Jose Fernandez and. I just watched a full weekend of football where so much happened, and Les Miles out of LSU. I gotta, you know, I'm, I'm pecking down the priority order. Like that's the stuff I want to hear first. And yeah, okay, if you give me a little Arnold Palmer sprinkled in. So well, that's where we went with the lead was the Carson Wentz coming off that. The biggest NFL story of the day, football rules all. We we did the Fernandez. We sprinkled in the Palmer. I'm actually interested to hear from you guys, the listeners. Did we approach Monday's show with all those storylines the right way? Tweet at me at moraz cbs. Tweet at Joe D. Joe D. CBS. And if you guys disagree and you think we're a couple of youngsters who don't get the Arnold Palmer thing, and that should have absolutely been the lead, please I, I disagree with us. I just feel like you know in that eighteen to forty five demographic, Arnold Palmer doesn't play as a lead with everything else that happened. Bingo bango, bingo bango. All right, well that's uh, that was honestly a, a, a weird. I get it. That was a different kind of second half of side B here. We kind of did a little, you know, radio talk for you, but I, I thought it was interesting enough. But again, if you think James Ward's an idiot and should have thrown out the paper, also let us know and tweeted at him at James Ward CBS. Right? Absolutely, he's uh, an idiot. All right, we'll have a good weekend, everybody, and enjoy October. All already get the bucket picking up.